NFL fans, we are back for another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. It is Thursday. You have Tyler Rowland here with my co-host Alex Clancy. We're going to be breaking down the Thursday night football matchup between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs, who will come out victorious. We will give you our predictions then. In week one, there are always some surprises. What stood out to me and Alex and surprised us most? And then finally, along with surprises in week one, there are always some overreactions. But what week one overreactions are we buying into? We're going to get into it and more on today's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll, baby. (laughs) You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Thursday, football fans. It's time for the NFL week to start again, and that means it's time for me, Tyler Rowland, host of Locked On Titans, and Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals to preview that game and get you ready to go. Before we dive into our preview of Thursday Night Football between the Chargers and the Chiefs, do want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. Thank you guys for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform that you do stream. We are going to have Monday through Friday year round NFL content on all platforms. Make sure that you stay locked in to the Locked On NFL podcast. But with that said, you do have me, Tyler Rowland, host of Locked On Titans, Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Cardinals. A big matchup on Thursday night. Football should be an exciting one between the Chargers and the Chiefs. Alex, your team, the Arizona Cardinals, got mollywopped by the Kansas City Chiefs in week one. I feel like that makes you the perfect person to tell us what you're expecting from the Chiefs on Thursday night football or what are your general thoughts about how they may perform. Yeah, now I know what you feel like week one of last year when the Cardinals did this to the Titans. Yes, exactly. um, Here's the thing. This is 2022 football at its finest, these two teams. Yes. It's like two of the best quarterbacks, we best young quarterbacks we've seen in 20 years this far mm-hmm. into their tenure. Justin Herbert and Josh Allen are one and one A for MVP. I still think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. It's I like agree. he's done it. These other guys mm-hmm. haven't done it yet. So when you look at Thursday night, and there's history, Thursday night with Kansas City and the Chargers is just, it's just, Sex on the field. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it has everything. And with what the Chargers have done this offseason, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Keenan Allen, uh, right before we uh, went live here, is, is ruled out. So that's going to be yep. Joshua Palmer's maybe coming out party mm-hmm. as the third wide receiver for the, for the Chargers. This is everything football is supposed to be on a Thursday night. And I'm super excited to watch. I, think, I mean, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, I think the Chiefs are on a journey that other teams may not be this year, and I'm just excited. I mean, I'm excited. 
Like, how can yeah, you not it, be excited for this match? I want this matchup to be a double header. Yes. Play two games back to back on Thursday night. Well, I was going to say that this is one of those matchups between two teams that I'm hoping we get a third time in the yeah. playoffs. I don't think anybody would be mad about that. For me, you know, obviously, since you mentioned some things on the Chiefs side, on the Chargers side, some things that really stood out to me, I guess, is in that game, the Chargers tried to charger it really hard. They were up early. They didn't do a lot in the second half. And my issue with the Chargers is they can't run the football. 76 rushing yards as a team in week one against the Raiders. And you can get up to big leads with explosive offense if you want. But if you aren't able to run the football when you want to and when you need to, then you're not going to be able to salt games away even if you get up early. And we saw that with the Chargers. Plus, they had three interceptions on Derek Carr. They had six sacks on Derek Carr, and they only won by five. You're not going to get three interceptions and six sacks on Patrick Mahomes most likely. So uh, I think that, you know, looking, the Chiefs gave up zero sacks. They only had one turnover, and it was a fumble by Juju Smith-Schuster. So the Chargers aren't going to be gifted certain things that they were gifted by the Raiders. And playing on the road, I know I've been saying the Chargers are the early Bills like the first couple of years of Josh Allen Bills, where it looks like they have all the talent in the world. They got a talented quarterback. They should be able to put it together. But it just took a little while for things to really become what they are. And maybe Brandon Staley isn't, uh, you know, a Sean McDermott coaching-wise. But I'm a little concerned by what I saw from the Chargers, even if they won and things are, you know, happy-go-lucky right now. For me, I'm taking the Chiefs in this game. I believe the Chargers are four-and-a-half-point underdogs. I think I might be willing to lay that. I think the Chiefs win this game by seven points. I think it's like 33 to 27, 33 to 26, something in there. What do you think your final prediction and winner is? Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think it's going to be higher scoring, even though what we've seen from, I mean, the Chargers defense, if the Chargers defense can do a third or 4% of what they do every week in week one, I mean, this team's going to win the Super Bowl. Like, if the defense can do that, if Joey Bolson, Khalil Mack, and Derwin James, and J.C. Jackson, if they're – and Asante Samuel Jr., their second-round pick from last year, like, if they can do some sort of semblance of what they did in week one, this is already one of the more high-powered offense in the NFL. So I don't necessarily right. agree with you about the run game. Buffalo's done it without a run game. They did it down the stretch right. last year, and they and they highlighted it with Devin Singletary in week one. But I think the Chiefs are going to win, and I can only hope that it's going to be – Part two of the Rams and Chiefs Monday night football game that was supposed to be in Mexico City where there was 105 points scored. Josh Reynolds right. had two. It was a fantasy football, just incredible fireworks explosion. I want that. Right. I want 200 points scored. I don't care about defense. I want to see Patrick Mahomes and Josh uh, John, uh, Justin Herbert throw four touchdowns each. Having said that, I think it'll be like 33-27. What did you say? 33-27. Yeah, 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 yeah. So 33, I'm, I'm going to say the same number for the uh, right. Chiefs winning. Oh, okay. So so we basically have the, the same outcome here. One thing I will say is the Chiefs didn't give up six sacks, but Khalil Mack had three sacks. Joey Bosa had one and a half sacks. Those rushers weren't going up against the tackles of the Chiefs last right. Sunday with the Cardinals either. So maybe, you know, that'll go the other way and it'll kind of counteract what the way that I was looking at it. But either way, as you said, I think I agree. I just want a great entertaining football game between two really entertaining teams and entertaining quarterbacks. So let's hope for that. But we have a lot more week one reaction coming ahead. We got to talk about some of the biggest surprises from week one and then 
Everyone always overreacts to week one, but what are some week one overreactions that me and Alex, or Alex and I, for the you know technical people out there, uh, what are some overreactions that we actually are going to buy into and believe in? We're going to get into that in just a moment. Before we do, I want to tell you guys about Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. Think about Airbnb, but with rental cars. With Turo, you basically book any car you want, whenever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You can browse a, browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the entire U.S., Canada, and the U.K. You can book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip, get that classic or luxury car for a special event or birthday, find an affordable economy car if you're on a budget just to get you from A to B and hopefully back to A again. You can even test drive that new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see just how well it fits your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch that boring rental car and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, welcome back. Locked on NFL Thursday. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Tyler Rowland, Locked on Titans. We make up Locked on NFL Thursday. Thank you for making Locked on NFL your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Week one was like slop and more slop. It was like a it was like a random slopperizer where it's like, you're going to play bad. You're going to play bad. I don't care if you're a Super Bowl contender. You're going to play bad. And a bunch of bad teams won. A bunch of bad teams beat good teams. So there are a lot of like surprises, a lot of misnomers, a lot of, oh, so this really has turned into the last preseason game where teams are like, you know what? You can punt early uh, because there's 17 weeks to play. But Tyler, like, let's do this. The biggest surprises from week one. Um, you like, I'm not gonna say you could go this or the other. Just do yours and I'll do mine. I, I like to I like to normally lead and go first, but I'm sure. gonna let you have the stage here and just pick it. Don't pick them all. Pick a couple. Sure, sure. I have two. I'll I'll stay with two and I'll do one in the NFC and one in the AFC that really stood out to me. Number one, I was shocked by how poorly Joe Burrow played. I believe he had four interceptions. Lost a, fumble. Lost a fumble. A lot of that has to do with the offensive line, but you could put that all together. Cincinnati went out. They signed three free agents on the offensive line. They drafted a couple more guys on the offensive line. The protection was not there. So it does not look, and again, maybe you could count this as a week one overreaction, but I was just surprised how poorly the Bengals' offensive line played. And it wasn't just the offensive line. I've seen, shout out to Jake Lisko from Locked On Bengals, the guys at Locked On Bengals. Just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, James Rapian, uh, Jake Lisko, they do great work. And Jake has been posting some clips. And it's shocking to me how poorly Joe Burrow saw the field. Like he was, I remember there was one specific clip that Jake posted where he had a deep dig crossing over the middle of the field as he was extending to the right. And it was wide, I mean, literally wide open. And I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, a clip where he hits that. And he didn't, and he threw to a, a, a deep comeback on the sideline that wasn't that open. And it's just like, how did Joe Burrow miss that guy? Joe Burrow doesn't miss anything. That's His read of the field is absolutely elite and top tier in the NFL. It's one of the things he does the best. 
to have a good understanding and read the defense. So I guess I was a little shocked not only by the offensive lines and aptitude in Cincinnati, but just how poorly Joe Burrow played, at least for the first half. Now, Cincinnati kicked it in gear, and they were in plenty of opportunities to win that game. I think they had a different holder for field goals than they normally would have. He had like a, a rookie tight end in there holding because they didn't have their normal holder, and it caused Evan McPherson to miss some kicks. But I was really surprised by how poorly the Bengals' offensive line played, and in turn, separately from that, how poorly Joe Burrow played. My NFC one is San Francisco. Um, roster that they have. And it's funny, we've kind of hinted that things could go wrong in San Francisco this year by the way they've handled things. But even though we had that in the back of our minds, I was still shocked by just how ugly it looked for San Francisco against the Bears. Uh, I think San Francisco, with the roster they have, should expect more. They should give us more. And I know it's early, but if Trey Lance doesn't play better, uh, they're going to be lucky that they kept Jimmy Garoppolo around. So that, that that was surprising to me, just how ugly it was for San Francisco and just how poorly Joe Burrow played in that week one matchup. Yeah, and I mean, they're cursed. Like, it's death taxes and their RB1 gets hurt week one. I mean, it's just always, Elijah Mitchell was out. I mean, it was Raheem Mostert last year on the second player or whatever first mm-hmm. series of the game. We'll see what happens with Trey Lance. He had did have some good good touch throws. Justin Fields only completed eight passes, and they were playing in a <laughs> swimming pool. So I don't Ugly know if game. I necessarily call that, you know, biggest surprise. That that was one where it's like, oh, it's monsoon. Any team can win. Um, my biggest surprises, I it, and listen, I'm going to come home for this. I the Cardinals really surprised me that it was that bad. Right. It surprised me that it was that bad. I you know I picked them to win because I try to you know exude confidence with certain things. Unfortunately, I called this storyline happening from the beginning of the offseason right. where. You don't do anything for the defense. You bring in offensive guys. The offense better score a 30-burger or you're not going to come close. And then the Cardinals couldn't put up points except for one sustained drive early on. And then that was all she wrote. I didn't think it was going to be this embarrassing of a week one loss for the Cardinals. Uh, So that's one of the bigger surprises for me. And then the other one, I didn't know which one to put this in, but the overreaction, like Aaron Rodgers, the Packers look terrible. They looked absolutely terrible. And I was going to pick Denver here. We can talk about that in the next segment. But Aaron Rodgers, like, there were a couple drops early on. He didn't look to those receivers again until late in the game. Like, it's not time to punish young receivers for being young receivers because they have to be young receivers because you took too much money to keep Devontae Adams. Like, let's call this what it is. Aaron Rodgers is going to piss and pout and everything because he's not getting what he wants. He got what he wanted, and now he's reaping what he sowed. You know what? You I, and I both don't think Aaron Rodgers is a great leader, is a great, you know. Probably you know, not. It, it, so this, unfortunately, will have a little bit of, like, smile powder for people who don't <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers. But which there are a lot of these days. He's done of, that. He's done that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Novak Djokovic of NFL quarterbacks. And you have <laughs> young receivers who need to learn how to play with one of the all time greats. And you just right. punish them like that. And then you give up the game because of it. They looked absolutely terrible. Hopefully, Aaron Jones can touch the ball more than eight times. But that really surprised me that they looked that bad. I picked Minnesota to win that game. But Minnesota looks yeah, like you they're did. going this way. And. Green Bay looks like they're not going to make the playoffs, and I don't think that's going to happen, but it was very surprising. Now, 
we also had one last shout out before we move on to the biggest overreactions. We almost we had Pittsburgh. Both you and I had Pittsburgh. We were too we were too wussy to call it. We were right. both like Pittsburgh's probably going to win. Well, I'll take Cincinnati, but Pittsburgh's probably going to win that game. Coming up next, week one, especially with how polarizing it was, there's going to be a lot of overreactions. And we're going to mm-hmm. talk about some of our favorites, whether we believe them or not. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Tyler Rowland locked on Titans. That's next. First, betonline.net. Um, I'm going to do this because it's fun. The top three shortest odds for the first NFL head coach to be fired goes as such. Mike McCarthy, 5-1. to one. Matt Rule, 17-4. to four. Why don't we do 170? Like, why is it? Why is that so ridiculous? And then Cliff Kingsbury five to oh, Cliff Kingsbury's five to one. Mike McCarthy's four to one. Sorry, Cliff Kingsbury's five to one. So this is nightmare fuel in the valley. But you can get odds like this, odds for the games, odds for overrunners, everything. BetOnline.net's got you covered. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's games. Week one, week two, week three. Bet online your, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Go to the website or use your mobile device today to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game. And if Cliff Kingsbury gets fired first, this is going to be the hell of a season over at Locked On Cardinals. Anyways, that's it. Live read over. You know, Alex, you were talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay being one of the bigger surprises in week one, just how poorly they played. I'll just say this. If you're following the news, it's been a pretty tough week for Green Bay quarterbacks in general. Um, uh, Turns out maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't the only one that's kind of a shady dude. But anyways, moving right along, thank you for making the Lockdown NFL Podcast your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms, Monday through Friday, breaking down the biggest stories in the NFL. Whatever team you love, there is a Locked On podcast for you. I'm Tyler Rowland, host of Locked On Titans, with Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Cardinals. But make sure you check out whatever Locked On show that your favorite team has. I guarantee it's great. And I know for a fact that it's Monday through Friday, free and available on all platforms. But we talked about the Thursday night football matchup that everybody is anticipating between the Chargers and the Chiefs. Both picked the Chiefs to win that about 33 to 27, 33 to 26. Then we talked about some of the biggest surprises in week one. But in week one, like Alex said, there's also some big overreactions. But there are some that I think I'm buying into. And Alex has a few that he's buying into as well. So I'm going to kick us off here. My number one week one overreaction that I believe is that the Patriots suck. (laughs) I think awful. All right. All of the rumors and all of their beat reporters before the season were saying, hey, the offense doesn't look great. Hey, you know, Mac Jones looks a little confused and behind. Mac Jones already has a back injury. Their weapon, they spent a gob of money on Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, blah, blah, blah. And they're all C-level players. They went out and spent B-plus, A-level money on C-level players. They brought in Mac Jones, who at best, is like a Kirk Cousins on his best day. And to make matters even worse, they brought in a mediocre defensive coordinator to be their offensive coordinator and overhaul their offensive system after losing Josh McDaniels. I am buying into the week one overreaction. 
The New England Patriots are garbaggio. They're not making the playoffs. They'll be 6-11, and 7-10. and 10, And I think we have our answer as to who was more important, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. So that's my first week one overreaction that I'm buying into. What's one of yours? You know, this is, and that was hysterical, by the way. Thank you for that. Um, Clip it. This, Clip it, Brandon. Well, it, yeah, I think that's really just predicated upon Johnny Smith signing there for a lot of money. I really think that's why your loathsome nature towards the Patriots is really reaching a fever That pitch. was a dumb move. That um, was a dumb move. Yeah, he's their second. Yeah. Um, this one surprised me more than anything. And it's Monday night. Seattle's not going to be as bad as people think they are. And, okay. and, and, and listen, and I get it. Okay. Russell Wilson, new team, no preseason. Like it looks like Jerry Judy and Cormier. head coach. Legit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and it's, it's, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's, I, we should have gone for it. We should have gone for it. We should have gone for it. Like, well, you should go for it then. Um, yeah. Geno Smith's floor is lower than traditional starting quarterbacks. Okay. Otherwise he would have been a starting quarterback for a long time. When you have position players like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who should be somewhat quarterback proof, quarterback resistant, you know, regardless of if they're good or bad, it's going to be varying degrees. But then you have Rashad Penny, death tax is another one, and the run game for Seattle. Doesn't matter if it's JD McKissick or or DJ Dallas or you know whoever it is, Chris Carson, right. Rashad Penny is going to be the next one. Kenneth Walker will be healthy at some point. The offensive line is better than it was for the last yeah, five years of Russell one. Wilson being there. And the right. defense is going to get progressively better with the young guys they have playing. So I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win eight games. But what I am saying is the floor for Seattle is a lot higher than people gave it credit for one mm-hmm. second before kickoff in week one than they do now. And yeah. I feel like that's not an overreaction. They're going to be bad, but they're going to be so much better in the long run that they traded Russell Wilson and got all those picks. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I think their their offensive line being better than it normally is, I think is what has the floor a little bit higher than maybe your people are expecting. Another overreaction that I'm buying into, and you're going to laugh about this one because it's so obvious. A.J. Brown is worth every single Damn. penny. The Tennessee Titans wide receivers combined for 160 receiving yards. A.J. Brown had 155 on his own. The Tennessee Titans are idiots. Absolute idiot <laughs> for not wanting to pay A.J. Brown $25 million a year. He made them special. And now Philly, I think, has become a legit conference champion contender with A.J. Brown. Yeah, they gave up 35 to Detroit, but I think Detroit is going to be better than most people think, like how we Same. talk about battle. I buy into the week one overreaction that A.J. Brown is an absolute freak. He's a top 10, top 5 wide receiver. Philly absolutely robbed him. From Tennessee, Philly is going to reap the benefits of getting a guy like A.J. Brown, and the Titans are going to see the dirt that comes from making one of the worst decisions in the history of any franchise and trading away the MVP of their team. And I don't even think that Traylon Burks was a bad pick or a bad player, but if you're the Titans, how in this window with Henry and Tannehill and Lawan and Simmons, how can you trade away the MVP of your team that made you special And we saw right away from week one what an A.J. Brown can do for an NFL offense. Last year, the Philly offense was pedestrian with A.J. Brown, their top tier. The Titans offense with A.J. Brown was always pretty damn good. And now they look 
less than pedestrian. So my uh, my second week one overreaction I'm buying into is A.J. Brown is a freak top five, top eight wide receiver, and the Titans will rue the day that they traded him as the day that their window closed on the Derrick Henry version of the Titans. Jeez. Cool. Say more. Uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. I had that wrong. And I don't know if this is going to be like forever. Jalen Hurts is a very interesting case study of NFL quarterbacks. Like, Mm-hmm. He was the guy, you know, you leaned on the run game last year where he became a fantasy darling. I think he was top six. I think he was six. Scored a whole bunch of touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards rushing. If he can learn how to progress and pass the ball, effect, you know, efficiently, like a, like a more of a packet, a pocket quarterback, which is what he's aiming to be, he couldn't throw the ball in Alabama. He could not throw a pass in Alabama. And then he goes to Oklahoma and he, be, and he becomes his passer. It's like, well, that's Lincoln Riley. They're always open, all that stuff. If he can become a, a, an effective passer of the football and add that to his arsenal, the dude's going to be an, an MVP candidate in two years. Like, Philly yeah. could win the Super If If Jalen Hurts takes that step, they can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, like, let's Their not, let's not get that good. Yeah, Nick Sirianni is yep. going to look like a genius after looking like he should have been fired after two weeks of being the head coach. The last one I have is... I'm going to say this. I had two, and I'm going to do this because I know it's going to troll you. I don't think Indy is going to be as bad as what they look like in week one. They looked like a team that Chris Ballard put together, and he's a genius. We know that, right? And for those that don't, don't know, Chris Ballard. We don't, the, we don't the, have the, time. The GM, we have two and a half minutes. I'm going to use every second on this. <laughs> Chris Ballard, the GM of the Indianapolis Colts, is Tyler Rowland's favorite GM in the history of football. Is that, is that right? That's right, isn't it? Seems like a mischaracterization. It's Red Velvet Cake and Chris Ballard. That's what it is for Tyler Rowland. Um, Matt Ryan's going to be fine. Okay? It's going to be fine. It's a new offense. Michael Pittman's going to be great. Jonathan Taylor's going to be great. Naheem Hines will probably need to chunk into the touches that Jonathan Taylor had last year because they're going to stack 10 players in the box against Jonathan Taylor and Matt make Matt Ryan do something. That offense with Mo Alley-Cox, it's going to be fine. Houston came out and was like, gangbusters they should have won that game i feel like indy is still the best team in the afc south maybe by a hair over tennessee you know just because we don't know what Traylon burks is going to be robert woods coming in off an acl like austin hooper's going to be able to do anything offensively for tennessee but i feel like that overreaction people need to pump it a little bit i don't believe it i think indy's still going to win nine or ten games potentially win the afc south and Matt Ryan's a lot better than people give him credit for, even though they've blown massive leads. In, well, in his quite honestly, in nine to 10 wins is probably going to be more than enough in the AFC South. When you look at Maybe. the teams, they're the, the, they're the only division in the NFL right now that didn't get a win in week one. And honestly, I'm with you on that. Indy never wins in week one. They haven't won week one since yeah. like 2013 or something. Yeah. This so, is the ninth uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. This is a better start than they've had in about nine years in week one, uh, being with a one tie. Uh, so I'm kind of with you there. I, I I can get down on that, even though I hate to hear it. Uh, the last thing that I want to mention here is an overreaction that I am not buying, that I don't believe, and it's that Carson Wentz is awesome again. But <laughs> this is the this is the Carson Wentz experience. Yeah, he went out there and threw for 300 yards or four touchdowns or whatever. But next week he's going to throw for 178 with two interceptions and a backbreaking turnover in the last moment where he fumbles trying to do something nuts. So this is the Carson Wentz experience. The reason he's so frustrating is because he gives you these week one performances like you're seeing, and then he follows it up by looking like he's out there in clown shoes. 
So, to me, I'm not buying that Carson Wentz all of a sudden is rehabilitated and is going to be back to his, you know, what was it, 2017 Philadelphia Eagles form. I'm not buying it, man. Uh, Carson Wentz giveth and Carson Wentz taketh. So, don't get too hyped on that. If yeah. we're, like, let's do, I'm going to do one more player that I do believe that people are overreacting. Curtis sure. Samuel is a really good football player. And yeah. he's been like, he went there, he got hurt last year. And then it was the Taylor Heineken thing. It wasn't Ryan Fitzpatrick. Curtis Samuel was a, not only fantasy darling, he was doing what they're doing with Debo Samuel two years before that in Carolina. He was scoring three or four touchdowns, rushing the ball. He was getting inside the 10 yard line uh, touches, uh, handing hand the ball off to him. That dude is like, I don't know what he is. He's kind of Steve Smithy. He's kind of like hybrid running back. And the dude is going to be a perfect compliment, a perfect wrinkle to Terry McLaurin over there in, in, in DC. So I will say that you're going to see more closely to that production than what we've seen from him, you know, the last year in, in, uh, in Carolina, I think he's going to be a big star there in Washington. Yeah. Well, that would, that would line up. They're going to need some more weapons, him and Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin and all of that. I mean, they, they have a decent little collection of weapons there. But again, I just think the Carson Wentz inconsistency will show back up again. But that's going to do it for us today on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. NFL Week 2 is here. Make sure that you tune in on Friday for Chris Carter and your boy Q breaking down the weekend ahead. But that's going to do it for me, Tyler Rowland, host of Locked On Titans. Going to do it for my co-host, Alex Clancy, host of Locked on Cardinals. We will catch you guys next week.